So, uh, Preston, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about for a while now is that uh, you believe that A Song of Ice and Fire has a bit of uh, sci-fi in it, or uh, or a lot of it has sci-fi in it, right? <clears throat> well, I mean, like, I often put forward that there is no magic, there's, there's just telepathy, telekinesis, and technology, um, and... Uh, I mean, that's not the full story of what, what I believe, but um, it's a useful way to examine the, the narrative, um, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's funny because people get super, super emotional about like when, when I say, well, you know, maybe it's maybe it's science fiction. And like in the past, they were there was this advanced futuristic society and then there's nuclear war. And now we're left with this medieval society, which is which would fit with like everything else that George R. R. Martin's written. Um, but, and it, it really gets people, it gets a lot of people angry. Um, that is something I've known. People have uh, taken to calling you a liar because apparently <laughs> George, George has said that, no, it's a fantasy with magic and you're saying otherwise. But I, let me ask you this though. Is there, is there a major difference between psychic abilities and magic? No, no. And that's the whole, that's the whole premise. So, so, I mean, you've got to go with, um, so the guy that wrote 2001, uh, Arthur C. Clarke, mm-hmm. um, he came up with something, you know, they, they called the Clark's Law, that, that if you don't have an explanation for something, like, then it appears to be magic. Like, technology, if one doesn't understand technology, it seems like magic. So there was the discussion of, like, what are the monoliths in 2001? Don't they seem like magic? And, but, but it's a sci-fi story, even though there's no explanation on how these monoliths work or, you know, how they transform Jupiter into, into a star or any of that, we kind of accept that it's, that it's future technology from this other race and it's a sci-fi story, so we accept it's sci-fi. Um, and, you know, for some reason, like, when, when we talk about ice and fire, everyone's like, oh, no, 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 that's all magic. And you're like, well, what's the difference? Like, and I, I personally believe there is a difference between, between magic and science fiction. Um, but I'll tell you, George R. R. Martin doesn't believe there's a difference between magic and science fiction. Well, before we get into that, I, I neglected to do a proper intro to this video. Uh, this is a topic I've been wanting to discuss with you for a while now. We've discussed it before briefly, but never in depth. And this is also something that gets brought up a lot, your belief that it's a sci-fi story more so than a fantasy, and it's mainly brought to me by other YouTubers and even viewers as well, and the reaction is always, Carmine, did you know that Preston believes this? Isn't he crazy? And I'm not even mentioning the more harsher critics on forums, Facebook groups, and subreddits, but uh, yeah, like you said so yourself, people are really passionate about keeping the story as a fantasy, and I will say, personally, I am kind of one of those people. I'd like it to just be a fantasy, but I'm also open-minded about having, you know, it, about it having sci-fi elements in it. That's just my personal preference. But, like, what's your take on people just being so up in arms against your idea on this topic? Because they really are. Um, I think it has to do with what, you know, how people connect to the story. I think people want to feel like they're a knight, there, there's and and so when they project their their se- themselves into the story, you know, say they connect with Jon Snow and Jon Snow is this sword wielding, um, you know, 
brother of the Night's Watch of the Wall fighting this this mystical army. That seems cooler to them than, you know, nerdy sci-fi, which is funny because fantasy is just as nerdy as science fiction. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, um, I don't know. I, I think people people when they project their own personality, when they project themselves in it, they want to be Conan the, Barbar- the Conan the Barbarian or something. Full of while, muscled and, you know, sword right. holding and some, yeah, like, like extra, extra butch or something while they, while no, you know, while they don't want to be, you know, Spock. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 cause, and that's how they separate these things out. But they're like, Here's the thing is, is there is George R. R. Martin doesn't believe there's a difference. I would say I personally like believe there's a difference in the sense that I think science fiction has rules. And I think that fantasy or I think that magic does not have rules. And this is a big this is a big differentiation why, where why I think it's important to look at ice and fire through a science fiction lens um, George R. R. Martin doesn't make those um, differentiations. Like he um, thinks fantasy and sci-fi are the same thing. So, mm-hmm. so when people say like, "Oh, George R. R. Martin said it said it's magic," <clears throat> that's a disingenuous like argument because he believes they're the same thing. So, well, there is a quote by him here. Um, it's yeah. from an interview with uh, January Magazine in January two thousand one. <clears throat> Uh, I'll leave a link. Well, it's on your channel, so you leave a link in the description below. But uh, sure. this is what he said. It's definitely a fantasy novel. It has dragons and so forth in it. Mm-hmm. It does have the feel of historical fiction, and I love history. I wanted to get a lot of sense of history in A Storm of Swords and the other books, and some of that uh, feel historical fiction, so on and so forth. Um, the takeaway from this is that, you know, like he says, it's a fantasy novel, not a sci-fi. It has dragons and so forth. I'm assuming so forth means the magic. And there's also a clip here that I'm going to play where he says... Well, I knew it wasn't part of the science fiction novel I was writing. This was clearly a fantasy, medieval. Had these wolves and this large family. I'd been reading a lot of historical fiction. and it might have been in the back of my mind. But suddenly it all gelled. And I, I, wrote, in, I wrote that chapter in like two, three days. It just came to pour out of me. Now, there are numerous other clips exactly like that one where he basically just says the same thing he said there. Uh, so, Preston, I bring this to you. How do you counter what the big man himself has said? Because George R. R. Martin, like, he, ha- like, I can, I can, like, outquote you if you want. Like, I have here, if you go to Dream Songs, he has an entire essay on something called the Furniture Rules. And he says, we can make up all the definitions of science fiction and fantasy and horror that we want. We can draw our boundaries and make our labels, but in the end, it's still the same old story. The one about the human heart in conflict with itself. The rest, my friends, is furniture. The house of fantasy is built of stone and wood and furnished in high medieval. Its people travel by horse and galley, fight with sword and spell and battle axe, communicate by palantir or raven, or break bread with elves and dragons. The house of science fiction is built on duraloy and plastic and furnished in faux furniture. Its people travel by starship and air car, fight with nukes and tailored germs, communicate by ansible and laser, and break protein bars with aliens. The furniture rules, I call it. Forget the definitions. Furniture rules. And then he goes on to talk about Phyllis Eisenstein, who wrote an entire story in uh, that appears to be um, uh, medieval, but in fact 
is science fiction because it involves, you know, teleportation and that's about it. And then he goes on and talks about this other writer, John Williams, who wrote this book called uh, Metropolitan um, in which in which they live in this futuristic city, but they have everything's metered by like this plasm authority and everyone has this plasm, which is just a freaking stand in for ether or magic or mana or whatever, because everybody else uses like magic in this in this story. So he'll talk about how like like fantasy and 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 science fiction are one and the same. And we and we use these the terms when, when they don't even make sense. Like he even brings puts forward time travel. Whenever we have a time travel story, we, we put that in science fiction. But he says, what's more fantastical than time travel? Time travel makes no sense in any in any sort of like sciencey way. And yet and yet when we do time travel, which is completely fantastical, that's that's for some reason science fiction. Like none of these things really make sense. And so like so when he goes around talking about like, oh, it's fantasy and not science fiction. Well, the problem is, is that in a completely different essay, he talks about how science fiction and fantasy are one and the same. So when people are like, oh, you're calling George R. Martin a liar. No, I'm fucking not. He's, he's either contradicting himself or he doesn't believe there's any, any difference. So when he says it's not science fiction, it's fantasy, like he's, he's just talking about the dressing of it. He's not talking about the essence of it. Like he, the essence of everything is the same. He, that's what he believes. You can read this Furniture Rules essay in Dream Songs. Like there's no, you know, there's anyone who's read this would, would like cannot deny this. Like just open up Dream, dream Songs and read this essay. And when he talks about like, oh, well, you know, it's science fiction. It's not science fiction. It's fantasy. It's not fantasy. Like that's, that's just how that's just the furniture it's not the essence where he's defining things different from everyone else so when people say like you and i when we talk about science fiction and fantasy we have different definitions than he does when he uses those terms and so that's that's the big thing Um, so essentially what you're saying here is that you probably understand george martin's meanings more than other people who say it's not a sci-fi Right. All you have to do is open dream songs. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying like that. This <laughs> but is, people this is don't from... want to do that. You, you know how people are, especially yeah. with this fandom. It's kind of crazy. If you say one thing wrong, people jump on you. I mean, look at your entire history on, on YouTube. Well, the, the point, the point of it all is the reason I put quotes in all of my videos and the reason I did things like the thousand worlds book club. It's, it's not like I'm, I'm like the thousand worlds book club, like that many people watched it. I wasn't doing it for money. Like I spent, I spent years like putting out like video after video on the Thousand Worlds Book Club because I just wanted people to read this other stuff because it 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 starts a conversation like you once you have this basis like it when I, when I go forward when I have arguments with people or people like and people are like making these um uh have these ideas about where the story is going they're basing it off of Lord of the Rings and Wheel of Time and other fantasy stuff. And it's like, well, rather than basing it on, rather than looking at things through the scope of fantasy and, and traditional fantasy, why don't you look through the scope of George R. Martin's writing? And that's all I want people to do. If, if, if you still, after reading his stuff, like come to the same conclusion, great. But I just want to, for people to have this other view to understand things. 
So mm-hmm. when I say like it's a sci-fi story, what I'm trying to get people to focus on is that George R. R. Martin has rules to his magic. This is not like like Harry Potter. You know, when when there's that little amulet that allows Harry Potter to go back in time, it's not like like um there's any there's any logic to how that functions. It just works and you expect it to believe it works cuz magic and there you go. Right, it's just magic blah blah that's it. Like when George R. R. Martin thinks about these things, he thinks about rules. And so what like even if we take the most you know, magic-like, fantastical element of the story, which I would say is probably the the possibility that there's a shadow baby, right? Like, when 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 that shadow baby or whatever happened went and killed Renly, like if you examine it closely, Stannis is asleep. He can't be woken up. It's just like Bran, like when he's warging, and so all of a sudden you're seeing rules to you know, what's going on. Now, the exact dynamics of everything going on, we're not quite sure, we're not quite sure, but we see these similar things going on. George R. R. Martin knows what's going on. He purposely made Stannis in bed, unable to wake up, as if he's warging, as if he's skin changing. He purposely did that to parallel Bran, because he has rules in his mind. And that's the whole, that's how you and I define, and I'm I'm putting that on you. No, go for it. I mean, do you agree that, like, science fiction tends to have more rules than fantasy? I do kind of agree with you to an extent, because the Magic in Thrones, and I've said this before, seems to be more grounded. One good example is the Shadow Assassin that Melisandre spawns. Instead of a normal high fantasy series where you can snap your fingers, recite some words, or open up a scroll and summon some kind of avatar, she had to actually be impregnated and give birth to the thing. It has its own rules. Even if it's not scientific ones, that would make sense in a sci-fi setting, or even if it's not complex rules, it's still there, just enough to show the audience that you can't just flick a wand and do whatever you want like in Harry Potter. It has to be more realistic in its approach, or as real as magic could be. I always use the word grounded. It has to be grounded in something, and not just, and it happens. And that's the thing, is is other stories, other fantasy stories don't have that. And so when when, when, people, when I say it's, it's important to think about like I always talk about skin changing and warging and green sight as telepathy. And once you start thinking about it as telepathy, like a lot of things start making sense. Like, you know, and it, when you compare, especially when you compare it to how telepathy works in other George R. R. Martin stories and, or even how George R. R. Martin handles time travel, he handles it similar, you know, in other science fiction stories. Um, and so that's, that's what's really important. Of course, like when people are like, well, isn't telepathy and telekinesis magic? Yes, of course it is. But we traditionally define it as science fiction. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. The point in the end is science fiction and fantasy are the same to George R. R. Martin. So, so even when I say like, oh, it's, it's a sci-fi story secretly, well, it's because sci-fi and fantasy are the same thing. So, and so it, all these statements don't mean anything because George R. R. Martin thinks they're the same. You can't, you can't really say it's a science fiction story, not a fantasy story, because they're the same thing. And you can't say, no, it is a fantasy story, not a science fiction story, because to George R. R. Martin, they're the same thing. My, like I said, once again, I, I would like it to, to stay a fantasy. If he's going to throw in you know, a, a bit of sci-fi in there, I want it to be like 
way back, maybe, is a passing thing that happens. Because there are elements of it. Um, and uh, in other fantasy stories as well, mm-hmm. there is a bit of sci-fi thrown in there. For example, in The Witcher. Uh, the reason The Witcher has the Witcher world has magic is because, apparently, in that universe, there was a cataclysm that... Uh, joined different dimensions and worlds together into one, which explains why there's magic and monsters in it. Um, another uh, fantasy series is Warhammer Fantasy, which is a mm. spin-off of Warhammer 40k, where in 40k, humanity, as well as other races like orcs and elves, are spacefaring and have huge weapons of mass destruction and so on and so forth. And in fantasy, some people believe that the fantasy world with knights and all that uh, is surrounded by like certain black holes that none of the other spacefaring races can get to. Thus why it's fantasy. And don't even get me started on the Final Fantasy series, which <laughs> is supposed to be fantasy, but it has a lot of sci-fi in it as well. So yeah. there are other, other stories and series that have this as well. Right. And, I mean, it, it's also fairly undeniable that George R. Martin has included elements that make us think that it might be uh, science fiction. I mean... There's definitely elements that, whether it be the long night or what happened at Hard Home, that make you go, oh, that sounds like nuclear winter. You know, that sounds like a nuclear bomb went off. Like, he's included those things, like, you know, intentionally. Um, you, it's, it's hard to deny that, like, that there aren't, the, you know, those, those elements in there. Um, I don't know. Or, or even looking back at Storm's End and, like, if you read a description of Storm's End and you and I and you like bring up a picture of a nuclear power plant or the Hoover Dam um, or something modern like a modern structure and reread that Catalan chapter where she where she describes what Storm's End looks like and it's hard not to think like oh crap this is this is something futuristic you know like it's made of concrete not brick you know. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and it's like, it's like, don't take my word for it. Just like, go back, pull up the Catalan chapter, read a description of Storm's End, pull up the, the, the John chapter, read a description of Hard Home, you know, and, and tell me that it's like, like George R. R. Martin is not trying to like put in hints of science fiction. Like it's, I, 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 I'm almost like just sometimes I'm just like dumbfounded that like some people don't see that, like have they been have they been reading like so much Lord of the Rings and then going into <laughs> like Ice and Fire that they can't they can't see these other things going on? Just you know, like and like that's the thing. Just pull it up or or pull up Dream Songs and read read the Furniture Rules essay. Like it's it's uh, like that's that's what I tell people. Like you can take one quote from George R. R. Martin and you know where he's like, oh well, this is magic. Well, yeah, I've I've been. Like I've been in the room where George R. R. Martin said, "Like, oh, ice and fire. This is a world with real magic." Wait, you were in a room with George R. R. Martin when he said this? Yes. Like I was, you know. I mean, so was a thousand people. But but oh, okay, I was about to say. Yeah, I mean, you have a private uh, private conversation with George R. R. Martin. I'm not aware about. Hmm. No, I mean, I told you about the one I had, but but no, I've I've <laughs> I've, I've but I've uh, this was at Balticon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but at mm-hmm. Balticon, yeah, I mean. You know, you're in the auditorium, and he literally said, like, this is a world with real magic. He said that. Now, what the hell is real magic? I don't, like, is is telepathy and telekinesis real magic, or is that science fiction? 
Like, if you were describing a story with telekinesis and telepathy, is that real magic or not? And then how can you, and when he says something like that, how, how do you reconcile it with the Furniture Rules essay? And, like, all of these things. Like, keep in mind, like, when he goes into Phyllis Eisenstein's, like, so Phyllis Eisenstein is who he dedicated Ice and Fire to. Mm. And Eisenstein, um, and he purposely, you know, in, in other interviews, he said, like, oh, I was, I was wondering if, like, I should, if it should be more um, real and grounded. And, um, and Eisenstein, like, convinced me to put in dragons and make it more fantastical. Um, but the question is, is like, well, like, how far did she convince him to do that? Because it's definitely not Harry Potter in the level of magic. You know, it's definitely not over the top. Like magic is, is like, and even when he, when he um, proposed the, the story, he calls it high fantasy, but really it's, it's not really that high fantasy. Like it's the, the, like the average person doesn't necessarily believe in magic. Like it's, it, the magic is rare in our story, you know, and almost all of it can be explained away with, um, with science, like, you know, Aaron bringing people back to life on the beach, you know, that being, you know, CPR and things like that. Mm. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I get, I guess, I mean, I get a little emotional here too, just in the sense that like, how can you like just open it up and read these things? It's right there. Like, I'm not keeping or hoarding anything from people. Well, like, come on. Dream- some, some people don't have the uh, the ability, it's not that they're dumb or anything. Some people don't have the ability to look deeper into things. Otherwise, we'd all be detectives. Yeah, I mean, it's just also like, A Dance with Dragons opens with, an entire chapter dedicated to Veramir Sixkins. And I remember the first time I read A Dance with Dragons. And you're already, you're like, all right, finally cracking this book open. We're going to get back to the the big plots that I, that I care about. You know, Tyrion, Jon, Bran, and then Theon. And then you you, you open it and it's Veramir Sixkins, this like random wildling that you barely remember from from you know storm of swords like just you know has has a cameo pretty much and it's this long really detailed description of the rules of skin changing and it goes on and on about how skin changing works and you know um what is considered uh, uh an abomination and what's what's a, what one is allowed to do and and which animals are easy to uh, to skin change into and such, and it's like it's like why on earth was all of these all of these rules and details on skin changing told to us? Because um, actually, hardly any of it's used like <laughs> at all, like in the in the book. Like yeah, Bran like skin changes some some ravens and Hodor, but he did that in in a Storm of Swords. Like, but you know he why this whole chapter on the rules of skin changing? Well, George R. R. Martin thinks about that stuff and he wanted to write it, you know? Like, if like, there's no way Harry Potter would have, like, 
I've never read Harry Potter, but I'm just, and I'm sorry to people if it sounds like I'm picking on Harry Potter because I'm not. It's just something different. But it's, it's like it's okay, guys. He he's shit on the Silmarillion way 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 many more times than uh, Harry Potter. Continue. Right, but but would there be an entire chapter like dedicating like this is how wands work? You know, I don't know. Like it doesn't seem like it is. I don't right. Maybe I don't know. I haven't read Harry Potter in ages, but uh, I'm sure someone in the comments section will call us assholes and idiots for not remembering that one secret right. special chapter. Or like, think do. about how how angry people were in because Star Wars is is space fantasy, hmm. and like think about how angry people got when when people when midichlorians were added to the mix. Well, people got um, angry at midichlorians because the Force was like this, you know, unexplained, almost mysterious like thing that certain select people have, and here yeah. that asshole comes and breaks it down to a science. Like, fuck you, dude. Leave some of the mystery there. Right. Well, see, there it is. You know, like it's it's the same. It's the same thing, right? Like like you know, we have this we have this science fiction kind of thing that everybody perceives as science fantasy or whatever george R- and, and george lucas made it a little more science fictiony and everyone's like oh god stop no like, because it ruins it people like the mystery right and george r martin like knows that too he loves keeping mysteries you know um but but in the back of his head or perhaps off you know perhaps you know in his head and never to the page he has every rule thought out but, you know, he thinks about these things, you know, and he, he wrote an entire chapter on the rules of skin changing, um, you know, for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, what if it were magic? I don't know. I don't think it would have been that would have been done. What's still funny to me is the massive hatred for this one idea you have, either because it's like, you know, coming from you or whatever else, but with the themes and situations and topics presented in Ice and Fire that people enjoy, you would assume they would have an open mind about certain things. And I just, I don't know, I just, I I guess I find it a little ironic. Well, I think any change people are resistant to, like, you know, and so when I say, when when I put out this idea that maybe it's not fantasy, maybe it's science fiction, like... People keep, they're, they're still on their, I think a lot of people are still on Lord of the Rings and they want more Lord of the Rings and this was their stand-in. Like Ice and Fire was their stand-in. And so when I say, ah, oh, you've been fooled the, the entire time, you've, you've been, you, you know, you've been secretly eating um, people or whatever, you've been secretly eating science fiction, people get angry about that. Anything new. Even if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, um... With the Last Jedi, everyone's like everyone got really upset about seeing uh, Leia fly through space because it was stupid. Come on. Well, at the same time, like I remember watching a, a, a I, I watched a, a Because Science um, episode. You ever you ever watched that? Because it's, Science. Because Science is pretty good. It's pretty good. I've never so, seen that. So this guy, this guy, uh, this guy will take popular movies and then explain like how some of them work or could work scientifically and what doesn't, what wouldn't work and things like that. Like it's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty funny stuff. The guy who kind of looks like Thor. I'm looking at him now. Holy yeah. Shit, looks yeah. Like yeah. Thor. That's him. <laughs> so he described, he described like Leia flying through space is actually one of the most explainable logical things consistently within the universe. Right. What Really? Because if you, if you're able to use 
Um, if you're able to use the force to say grab a rock, right, and have it fly to you, right? So on every on every uh, action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? So if she's using the force, all she has to do is use the force on the spaceship, and because there's no friction in space, she, she would pull herself towards it towards the spaceship by using the force on it, and it it, it would be it would be effortless. And so, like, Leia flying through space, like, scientifically made the most sense um, because it would take such a little amount of force because they're in space. and That's not how the force works. What the fuck? I got to watch this episode. I got to watch this <laughs> no, but, episode. But, it, but it's totally true. Like, once you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's totally true. It's sort of like, it's sort of like if, you're in, if you're in the middle of a, of a, of a pond on ice skates, and and there and if you take like your jacket off and you throw it, you will go in the opposite direction of your jacket, and right every you know for mm-hmm. every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. So if the force is if the force is implementing a force for every action, that means if you're pulling a glass to you, you're you're being pulled to the glass as well, right? Because for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So for Leia to pull herself towards the ship, she just has to use the most minimal effort to pull the ship towards her, and she'll go flying towards the ship. I mean, I guess, but like the way the Force is kind of explained in like novels and stuff like that, or maybe they've scrapped this the way it used to be, was using the Force, especially a lot drains a lot of like it just drains a lot out of you that's why a lot of the times when they're using the force it's to like have smaller objects come towards them but if they're gonna push and pull uh, bigger objects it just takes a lot of strain and sometimes not everyone can do it but she wouldn't need she would only need the minimal amount because Mm -hmm. there's no friction and that's right yeah god damn it (laughs) it's still stupid it was it's still stupid whatever <laughs> I, I'm actually a lot of this stuff actually seems interesting uh, because science. Because uh, I can't get over how this guy looks like Thor. I can't get over it. Oh, uh, there, there's by the way. there's a lo- there's a lot of. I mean, some episodes are obviously better than others, but there's some really there's some really funny ones about how like the Death Star would never work ever because like the amount of force that that would be shooting out of the death star would send the death star in the opposite direction at such an enti- like it's such a high speed that every single person inside would be liquefied like it's just <laughs> like they're like but it's only shooting a laser and it's like doesn't matter like even the weight of like photons like it's such an amount of immense force to destroy a planet that it would propel the Death Star backwards at such a speed that it was some thousands of G's. Like it's just incredible. But anyway, we we digress. Even when even when something makes sense, even when something makes sense, because it's new, people are going to be resistant to it because they're resistant to change. And I also want to counter on one thing you said. I don't think it's because people are want more Lord of the Rings and they're, I guess, using Game of Thrones as a placeholder. I think it's people enjoy Lord of the Rings and they enjoy the fantasy that it is and they want something else that's like it. I don't think they're looking for Lord of the Rings too. 
in 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 Lord of the in uh, Game of Thrones. I just think they, and I, I kind of agree with this as well. I love The Witcher so much so yeah. where I would uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but um, I love The Witcher so much to the point that if The Witcher had more content to it, I would probably devote my entire channel to The Witcher. I really yeah. love that series, and when it ends for me, because I haven't had I haven't gotten the new book. When it ends for me, I'm gonna very, I'm gonna feel very empty inside. I'm gonna want something else that's like The Witcher. So I yeah. can understand people who want a Song of Ice and Fire to be Lord of the Rings, but with more sex and politics. I get it. They want more yeah. of it, and um, it's just not it. Like I said, my thoughts on this is I would like Thrones to be pure fantasy. If there are some sci-fi elements there, I want them to be maybe mentioned in passing or in the back of your head. And, I mean, you still can't deny that the whole glamour thing, when, um, I believe it was uh, in the books where Melisandre glamours uh, Mance to look like uh, yeah. uh, the Lord of Bones. Yeah. Um, yeah. That could, you could you could argue that's magic, but I can also see how that may be, like, you know, a little, little hologram Holograph thing. Holographic yeah. technology, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, because, I mean, we have no idea how those, how those gems work. I mean, they might be left over from some sort of futuristic society and a shy or whatever you know so it's funny yeah it's hard people to say. call you very snobby because uh you can come off as a book snob and i guess me too someone lobbied that at me recently um <laughs> but i understand where you're coming from is that uh the books in the show uh it, it's like uh it's like eating a great steak and then going to mcdonald's you know you're just trying to show people that the steak does taste good yeah, I mean that, and that's 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 kind of the the main thing was just like, you know, c clue people into these things, take a look at it, notice it, because there's a lot of things that people really obsess and focus on that aren't even that like big in the book, like, like, so this idea that Jon Snow is some sort of like Jesus Christ figure that's going to save the day, and and you know he's Aragon and. And he's gonna, you know, defeat this huge army and fulfill prophecy and and and, and all that Harry Potter stuff. Um, the like, there's nothing in the book that actually even like, you know, suggests that on, in any sort of explicit sense. I mean, you can read into it um, if you want, uh, you know, here and there. I mean, but it's. Like it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with the plot. Like nobody's story right now is dependent upon Jon Snow being special. Like nothing in the nothing in the story like involves that. Well Preston, yet, come on. I mean, you gotta give people somebody to be. I mean, you're you're either Jon Snow or a sister fucker or a fat right. guy that nobody really cares about, or a dwarf, or um a cripple. Or Hodor. I mean, like, right. who the fuck wants to be those guys? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, as I said, he's the he's the he's the standard, you know, he's the standard Joe heterosexual male, you know, guy that everyone can be like, that's me, I'm Jon Snow. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is even the sister fucker. People like him because <laughs> that's like he's like he like comes in second for for who people can relate to. <laughs> Yeah, you but know. people want their right hand, so they're like every yeah. Everybody's like fuck Catelyn, but ja but Jamie, yeah, he's great. That's probably <laughs> why they also gave Bronn a much bigger role in the, in the books. Like I, I don't remember Bronn being that much, being really big in the books. I think he he falls off around Feast for Crows. And you never see him again. 
Yeah, I mean, he he does some off-screen stuff in A Feast for Crows. They talk about him, but he's not. He doesn't appear. Um, and then he, uh, yeah, that's it. Like he just he's he, he's last seen in A Storm of Swords, and then he disappears. And he's by the way, I, I recall recall you saying something along the lines of "That's what you like about the television show that they don't do a lot of magic that much." No, I th- I, I I really thought that that um, I thought that was. It, that one of the things they did really well is that they 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 scaled it back mm-hmm. and i think and i think that they had to scale it back because because in the book because the book has a point of view of people in the world like they're going to they're going to describe something how they how they've always seen it they don't think there's anything odd um to what they're seeing like when when Catalan looks upon Storm's End, she sees a castle. You know, she doesn't sit there and go, "Whoa, this looks like a weird futuristic, you know, structure." Like she describes it like an incredible castle, mm-hmm. um, because that's what she knows. Um, and so there's some leeway. Like when people describe things as being magical, well, you know, there's there's the bias of their point of view that we can that we can take in a you know, but with the show, there's not that same bias. Like we're we're observing from a from a third person, so we have to accept that that stuff is there. You know, well, like, all our it, all our major uh, magical uh, uh, characters that can use magic, um, with the exception of uh, Thoros of Mir and Melisandre, are, are not really in there. I mean, um, um, what should we call them? Uh, we only get the um, uh, pirate Pre. Is that his name? Yeah. We only mm-hmm. get him in season two. He doesn't come back at all. Um, we kind of get a small assassination attempt in the beginning of season three with Danny with him, but mm. then it never shows up ever again. Uh, Makuro, am I saying his name right? The guy, yeah. um, uh, what's his name? Batarian meets, yeah, he's not in it. Uh, Benero, right. yeah. he's also not in it. Uh, Quaith also shows up one time does nothing magical doesn't does even use the magical. doesn't even use yeah. the glass candle glass and candle there, there are some there are some fire dancers in the book and the fire dancers aren't there um like there's there there's pyrokineticists or you know people that can like dance with like do flames in the in the air that they, they yeah they don't have any of that like i'm trying to think like the most magical thing is is yeah the 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 shadow baby, but even in the show, they introduce the idea that, um, and they don't even they don't even do this in the book. But even in the show, they introduce the idea that like, you this with this with black smoke, you can cause somebody to hallucinate. Like Melisandre, like um, shows off a potion to Celise, and introduces the idea that that the shadow baby was a hallucination. Though we literally see yeah something, like. Um, kill Renly. So I mean, the only thing that uh, we see that's full-on magical, uh, that what we've been describing with the whole you know fireball flick of a wand, is the Children of the Forest. Um, in uh, season six, I believe, when the White uh, White Walkers are attacking, they oh, well, throw those poke those Pokeball grenades. <laughs> Someone's been playing too much Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I guess John's resurrection and the resurrection of of Thoris of Mir. I mean, I mean, um, of, 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 um, of shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm blanking on, uh, on, um, on the Brotherhood Without Banners. You mean Barrack? 
Beric, Beric Tadarian, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, Beric those Dar- are very Beric scarce. Tadarian, yeah. Those are very yeah. scarce. It, it doesn't happen like fairly often. I think I think Beric was revived once on screen, and yeah. John was revived once as well. And the whole the children of the forest using the whole magic fireball things that also happened once. So it's very scarce. Yeah. Yes. It would have been. It would have been. You know what's funny is they could have. They could have made it a little more ambiguous. I would have actually liked it to be more ambiguous. Like, how so? Like, how would you change it? Well, let's say. Let's say John. Let's say they had John stabbed, but they didn't have him stabbed as much. Like, let's say they had one stab, and then you're like, and people are like, "Oh, is he dead? I don't know if he's dead." And then he like wakes up like slowly, and you're like unsure if he actually was resurrected or if he like survived the stab or if he survived a stabbing. Like I would have liked that more like a stab through the heart where he's like out cold and, and blue on the table. Like that, that's pretty clear that he was dead and brought back, but Mm -hmm. I would have liked it better if like he was stabbed and it was a little ambiguous on whether or not he was, he was dead or not. You know, when that episode happened, there were uh, people freaking out because you know, Jon Snow, um, yeah. And there was an article where uh, this one guy interviews a uh, CO, uh, a guard at a prison, and yeah. uh, the, apparently the guard says, well, I've seen people stabbed like 40 times and still survive. So, <laughs> so I mean, you might have something there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's he a pretty bad stab. <laughs> that, I, I, that again, I mean, freaking Aria Wolverine. So you never know. It's funny. We never really think of uh, what the uh, faceless men are doing as magic. Ah, fair enough. Um, in the show, they they started doing stuff with masks and stuff, right? So the show the show makes it the show makes it a little. Uh, I suppose when 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 Jockin does his first face change, it's really fast. And so it kind of it kind of appears to be magic, but later then they they kind of just go with mask after mask after mask, so they kind of removed the magical element to it. Do you like that and, better? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, again, I mean, I I like the idea of it being um, all explained by by telepathy, telekinesis, and and, and technology. Um, like I, I like the idea that it, you know that they've been fooling people for years or whatever, a decade or so, a decade with the show and and longer, much longer with the books. Like that'd be a, that'd be a great con. It'd be a great con for George R. R. Martin to do that, you know, hmm. um, and 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 blow everyone's mind and make them angry or whatever. But. <laughs> well. Well, Preston, I just, uh, I, this is a video I've actually been waiting to do for a long time. Once again, like, I'll have a lot of people coming to me because, of course, you don't read your, your, your shit. Um, I have a lot of people, other content creators coming to me and saying, show this to Preston. George R. R. Martin said it was, and Preston's calling him a liar. So I've been wanting to do this video with you for a while. So, uh. Yes. <laughs> First of all, that, uh, I, I have to tell you a story. Go for uh, it. About, about the term. Real, real short. But once. Once I, I, I went out to, uh, I went out to my, I, I parked my car in the city in DC and I knew I had to feed my meter after a certain amount of time. And so I run out to feed my meter and the, the meter guy is 
has given me a ticket and he's only two cars ahead. And I run out and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, like, how, why are you giving me a ticket? Like, there's no way I've been here. Uh, and in DC, there weren't actual like meters. There's, there's, there's sometimes signs that say like two hours. And I run out and I'm like, there's no way I've been here two hours. And the guy, the guy is like, you have been here two hours. Um, I don't appreciate you calling me a liar. And it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Like, just because something, just because information, like, is is different and incorrect and and off, doesn't mean someone is lying. Like, someone can be mistaken. There can be more complexities to it. So, like. Like, and this is the thing, like, well, George R. Martin, George R. Martin said this. So if you contradict it, you're calling him a liar. Like, and this meter guy was clearly escalating it because he wanted to escalate it like that. He wanted to make, he wanted to make me personally insulting him. I wasn't insulting him. I was saying he was, I was implying he was mistaken, not that he was a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when, when somebody, when somebody like Preston is, is calling George R. Martin a liar, that's fucking disingenuous okay no i'm not calling anybody a fucking liar but i'll say this george r R. martin is one he's human and so he contradicts himself all the fucking time okay there's there's all sorts of things that he says and then the next day he says something else because all of us contradict ourselves because we're human beings but two, this is a really complicated issue where he has specific special definitions for science fiction and fantasy where they mean the same thing. And then on another day, maybe they don't mean the same thing. It depends on the context. So it's all these different things like this. So, I love you, man. I love, I love when you get riled up. I, I promise you. I do. It is not my like, intent ugh. to rile you up. It is not my intent. But I love it when you get riled up. I love it. Because nah. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Like, and I know the, the people you're talking about when they're like, oh, Preston called him a liar. Like, fuck you. I did not fucking call anybody a liar. Jesus fucking hey, Christ. Hey, you better watch out for Preston. Why? He's a manipulative. <laughs> He's a manipulative liar. You're a liar. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, oh, God. Like, what disingenuous <sighs> bullshit. Ugh. And it's funny, too, is because, like, I, it's not even the person we're talking about. Like, it's another, it's like a other people. And I'm like, oh, I wonder where you got that from. Hmm. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> it's like the same person being like, oh, what a, what a great piece. What, what a great talking point that you can, uh, that you can, like, spread around. It's like I'm fucking watching Fox News. <laughs> now calm down. You are the Kellyanne Conway of the fandom. Calm down. Right, right. Yeah, of course. I say this as the mm-hmm. Alex Jones of the fandom. As the Alex Jones, right. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I this is actually something I've been curious in as well because as we've been we, I've, we've been uh, talking almost daily now for, for a little over a year and uh, I don't think we've mm. actually went into like deep discussion over the whole... Uh, series being sci-fi and fantasy and whatnot and so forth so i'm glad we had this discussion plus i'm sure a lot of people have, have also wanted this for a while now too yeah yeah no it's it's and there's there's actually so up. much more I'm, I'm sure i'm sure the subject will come back again because there's so much more to it there's more it, to it oh my god well i mean this is this is this is like a major theme to to like i mean you know th- like 
off the foundation of the series, like George R. R. Martin was obsessed with this idea, mm-hmm. and you know he's been obsessed with it for a long time, and and this is this is something he thinks about a lot, like you know, um, you know the, these these he thinks about these definitions a lot, and then he claims that these definitions don't mean anything. So I don't know. Take it, take what you can from it. <laughs> but well, we'll we'll redo a uh, we'll 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 do another one if if uh, people want it enough. Uh, guys, go uh, go go. <laughs> Go follow Preston on Twitter. Preston will make a poll, and uh, we'll, <laughs> you can vote if you want a part two to this. <laughs> By the way, I just wanted to say Preston's Lemongate T-shirt is still on sale. Um, Preston, people wanted me to ask you: Are we, are we ever going to get a Lemongate thong? Is that ever going to go down? Oh, oh man, Lemongate thong—that's a tougher one. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's interesting. It's interesting because there there's been about uh, I'm not saying you know Lemongate like. About a hundred people have bought Lemongate T-shirts, mm. and so and it's funny because because somebody sent me a um, was it you that sent me the story or did I read it myself about about how he put uh, one of my one of my followers put on his Lemongate T-shirt and he he was like walking around the street and some guy like like was like was like Chad Summerchild King of the North <laughs> and he's like what. <laughs> It was like it totally made my day to like hear that story. I was like, "What?" Um, people always send me pictures of themselves in Lemongate t-shirts, and I always pass them along to you. So, of course, yes, it's true. Let's get some Lemongate thongs and uh, 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 booty shorts and fanny packs and you know flamethrowers, the usual, you know, comic books. Let me... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm 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 looking into creating in, into creating uh, some better some better designs. Um, uh, some cooler some cooler designs in the future of course so, uh... Uh, guys thank you so much for joining us on this if you want to uh, you know hear some more discussions on this topic let us know in the comment section below I'll uh, try to respond to as many as I can and if you have, have any more topics for us to discover uh, to discuss on another mini also leave them down below we'll see you all next time have a good one <laughs>